the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey, hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I'm uh, coming to you from the new firing line studios so hopefully if you're if you want to see what they look like go to gab.com forward slash firing line radio show or firing line radio and you're going to see it um i kind of like this it's uh gives us a little bit more freedom to do what we want to do and so gab.com forward slash firing line radio and the important thing on that is to realize that we're moving away from facebook now facebook has been a very easy platform it's allowed us to communicate with a lot of people but Zuckerberg doesn't like us. He doesn't like us because we believe in the Second Amendment. Actually, we believe in the Constitution and all the amendments. Unlike Joe Biden, we believe they are absolute, not uh, to be changed at his, his whim, as we heard him say that no amendment is absolute. Interesting thing about uh, Joe Biden, he always likes to use the phrase, you can't yell fire in a theater. Well, you can if there's a fire. And even if there isn't a fire, you can still yell it. Uh, There may be a penalty if somebody's hurt, but you still have the freedom to yell it. So, yes, our rights are absolute because they weren't given to us by the government. They were given to us by God. And by God, that's not Joe Biden. Thank God. So, folks, take a look at that. Make sure that you get moved. Make sure you get moved over. We're using Gab.com. They have a TV service for videos. Right now, I'll be posting this online, so you should be able to see it coming up pretty quick here. And that's good because today is a lot of visual aids. So that's right. We are actually going to be doing something on camera, which is going to be a little bit difficult to see on the radio. So I will try my word salads and uh, try and make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. But if you head on over to gab.com forward slash firing line radio, you'll see the new studio. Uh, you'll see the, what I'm talking about. And hopefully things will start to make sense. Maybe we'll, we'll just see how that plays out. Okay. Hey, uh, coming up the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have Rick Travis filling in for me. Now, Rick Travis is the, um, Director of Development for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. He's been involved with this show for many, many years. It's a great organization. If you are not a California Rifle and Pistol Association member, shame on you. You need to go ahead and get involved with them. CRPA.org. CRPA.org is where you want to go. Um, They are the reason we're having wins in the courts. They are fighting like crazy. And uh, Chuck Michelle is the main lawyer that they use. Michelle and Associates out of Long Beach. They're, they're amazing people. They are fighting tirelessly. I do not want Rick Travis's schedule. 
this guy works way too many hours. I, I'm too much of a wuss, right? I'll do the radio show an hour a week. I work my full-time job. That's about it. I want to do other things. This guy, 24-7, is fighting for your Second Amendment rights. So he deserves a big hat tip. When you have him on, contact him. Give some money to the CRPA. Help them out. And uh, make sure that you're a member. And make sure everybody you know is a member of CRPA.org. That's California Rifle and Pistol Association.org. Okay. That being said, he's going to be on for the next couple of weeks as, uh, as we go forward here. I wanted to touch base with you about, you know, I announced a few months ago, several months ago, that I'm planning a pretty large hunting trip, a, a trip of my lifetime. So yes, today's show is going to talk about hunting. We'll get to other stuff later, but it's kind of on my mind right now, so I want to go, go over it. Uh, I have the opportunity to go to Alaska. Now, it's a long ways away, and it's kind of an expensive trip. And I'm going to go for doll sheep. So those of you who don't know what a doll sheep is, they're a majestic animal. They're uh, an all white, full corn ram. They're called a thin horn ram as opposed to a big horn ram. The ones we have out here in Southern California are called big horns. They end up with a little bit thicker um, horn. Um, They end up brewing off a little bit more. The thin horned rams are like the doll sheep. There are are northern rams, the doll sheep and the stone sheep that that live in British Columbia and Alaska and the Yukon. And they typically will have more of a full sweep and sometimes keep the tips of of their horns, which are called lamb tips. If they never break the tips off, it's it's kind of neat. They, they swell out to the side and they're just a very beautiful animal. Of course, where they live is about the most inhospitable place on earth. Here or Kajikistan, right? For the big sheep out there, the Gobi Desert. The big sheep, they live in some of the worst places in the world. And so this is up in the Alaska mountains. I'm going to be going with, uh, as you heard on one of my previous shows, Mont uh, Montague from uh, alaskaguideservice.com. And so he's going to be flying me in. I am going to fly into Fairbanks, then to Toke, T-O-K, then to Shoshona, then to camp. So it's a whole lot of transactions going on there. Camp's going to be in the Wrangell Mountains, which is in the uh, eastern, southeastern side of, uh, of from Fairbanks. So it's out in the Wrangell Mountains, which is where Denali is, and that's where we're going to put on this hunt. So the terrain for sheep hunting It's not like a pheasant hunt, unfortunately, but it is very, very steep and it's rocky. Everywhere you go, it's rocks. It's not a nice sandbar. It's not, you know, any kind of a, you're walking on rocks, most of them loose rocks. So that's pretty treacherous. And it's something that I've been considering quite a bit, considering my, uh, the issues I've had with my knees going forward here. So let me start off with right off the fact that once I decided to make this, this trip and I put my deposit in and I was ready to go, I started working out and I was doing a lot of hiking in our local mountains with weighted backpacks and, and practicing some long range shooting in the back canyons and stuff. And was really getting into it. And my left knee started killing me. Now, those of you who've been listeners for years have known that I had a knee replacement on my right knee two years ago. So now my left knee, which is my good leg, starts killing me. So I go into the doctor's office and uh, he says, yeah, you've got all your meniscus is torn up and shredded and every single compartment has damage and you have some floaters and some torn flaps inside back of the kneecap on top of the humerus, um, femur, excuse me, 
wrong bone. On top of the, uh, the femur, you've got a bunch of, of torn stuff. And what could happen on your trip is if something misaligns, you could end up with a locked leg that would require surgery when you're in the back country. Not wanting to do self-surgery, I decided to get a, a repair surgery in April, the end of April this year. So I went in for a major surgery in April. They cleaned up my knee, but that's put me behind the, the, the curve as far as staying ready for this trip physically. Um, it's been very, very difficult to get back to the shape I was in just prior to that surgery because you couldn't put the weight on the leg. You couldn't do the heavy lifting. You couldn't do the hiking. Um, the only thing I was really able to do was cycling. So I've been riding my bike, you know, up and down these hills out here, which are stupid steep. And that's built some of the muscle back. But what it didn't do is it didn't toughen up the bottom of my feet. And here's an interesting thing. I did the Trans Catalina Trail as a test hike two weeks ago. And it's tough. There's a lot of elevation gain out there. And the, when it gains, it gains. It's super steep. It's not like a a gradual switchbacks. It just goes right up the ridge. So it's a very steep trail, which was good training, but because my feet had not been hiking for two months prior to that, because of, I'd just been cycling, man, my feet hurt. So, um, been wearing my boots every single day since then. I've uh, been hiking Vivian Creek trail. Matter of fact, this afternoon, right after this, uh, this recording, I'll be going up Vivian Creek trail, uh, in the San Bernardino forest as a, another practice hike. So just trying to put in the time because I know that in Alaska, you know, there, there's no do-overs. You have to do the work. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not like millennials. You can't call it in and have somebody else do it for you. Yeah. That was a jab. Sorry. Not really. So um, you have to do it. There's no other way to get around it. And that means picking up one foot, putting it in front of the other and just embracing the suck and getting up on top of that mountain and, and doing what needs to be done. So you also have to carry all of your own gear. And that's what I want to talk with you guys about here today is what's involved in that. So Let's start, as I mentioned, my foot, my feet. So I wore the Kuyu GTX boot in, in Catalina. I had hiked with it extensively prior to my surgeries and the balls of my feet were dying. I had to switch boots. So I did, literally did not finish that hike with those boots. I finished it with my tennis shoes. Now that doesn't mean their boots terrible. It's not, it's a good boot. It meant that my foot, for whatever reason had changed and was no longer able to, uh, to work in those. So Going forward, I'm using a boot, pair of boots by Crispy, C-R-I-S-P-I. Now, because of all of the, uh, because of all the, the slowdowns that we had over this COVID BS, you know, I ordered stuff early, but nothing came in. So the Crispy boots, even though I ordered them back in January, they were on some boat waiting to get unloaded until the end of uh May. I finally got them in. So these were new to the, new to the uh, show for me as far as uh, hiking in them, but we'll go over what they're, what they look like, what they do and why a mountaineering boot like this is so important when you get into Alaska. And again, it's just imagine walking up and down a giant pile of rocks that are four inches in diameter. That's, that's the joy we have to look for. So folks find out more at gab.com forward slash firing line radio, get our podcast at firinglineradio.com. And we'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. 
Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Hey folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. Philip Naiman here. You know, every single week we're brought to you by Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside on the corner of Brockton and Arlington. Vince is out there doing everything he can to get you more guns, more ammo, more fun stuff to use and to buy. And then where do you find it? At bullseyesport.com. 951-823-0211. corner of Arlington and Brockton, downtown Riverside. Go say hi to Vince. Go buy everything he has so he can retire because that's really what what it's all about here. Just take your money, go down there. He'll help you out. Say, this is how much I have. What can I go home with? That's really the best way to shop these days. So check him him out there at bullseyesports.com and uh, he will help you out. Go say hi to Vince. Hey, folks. uh, this particular show, I'm talking about some of my uh, experiences and some of the things I've learned preparing for my Alaska trip. And I just, uh, the last session was talking about the boots and why they're so important and why, you know, going to Bass Pro Shops and getting something off the rack is probably not the best idea. This is a crispy boot. So if you're looking, playing along at home here at gab.com forward slash firing line radio, you'll see our podcast here. This is a full size boot. These things are heavy, but they're solid. They're built like a tank. They have a, uh, this rubber across the bottom toe. And again, if you're watching on video, you'll see that it's called a rand. They have a full rand. Why is that important? Because the rest of the boot is, is leather. Rocks will cut leather, but they have a hard time getting through this hard rand. So as you're walking on sharp rocks up and down all the time, this protects the boot. It also helps with some of the waterproofing on the lower side of the boot. Um, these are not insulated. I did that because you know, if I, if I get cold, I'll just go in the tent, but I didn't wear an insulated boot because there's a lot of hiking involved in Alaska. And so your body heat is up. 
you're not going to really need, uh, it's not like you're going to be sitting in two feet of snow like you might in Nebraska on a deer hunt or something like that. So these are not insulated, but the soles are so stiff that you can barely turn them. And that's the important thing when it comes to rock crawling. So you have uh, solid construction, you have a lot of ankle support, and the soles are super stiff. So as you're stepping over rocks, you're not getting the points of the rocks coming into the bottom of your feet, which sucks. So you want to avoid that. I'm also bringing a secondary boot because like I said, on my last hike, I had a, uh, had a bit of a problem. I had to take my boots off and finish in a pair of tennis shoes. Well, in Alaska, tennis shoes aren't going to cut it. So these are my backup shoes. They're super light. They're actually a trail running boot. They're made by Alta, A-L-T-A. Uh, this is their Lone Peak boot, but it's, I use these for local hunting because they're super lightweight. Um, we don't have any water out here and they're flexible, they're comfortable. So if the, my feet get an issue where I can't wear my boots all the time, I'll have to switch over to these and it's better than having nothing. A lot of guys, when they go to Alaska, they say, bring a pair of Crocs for camp. Well, if I'd have done that on Catalina, I couldn't have finished the hike because you can't hike in Crocs. So I'm just, again, I'm glad I'm doing this pre, the pre-hunts, the pre-hikes, all the working out with the gear to make sure I know what I want to do and what I want to bring. So I'm going to, I'm going to pay a half a pound weight penalty to bring those over a pair of Crocs because these have more functionality in the long run. Okay. Optics are important. Access to your optics are important. So one of the things that I also picked up here is the Alaska Guide binocular case. Okay. There you go. Not used to that. Alaskan Guide uh, binocular case. Now this hangs over your shoulder and it hangs in front of your chest. Normally when I hunt, I use a belt. Yeah. Well, I, I always wear a belt. I'm not a, I'm not a saggy pants kind of guy, but Normally with my hunting rig on my belt, I'll have my knife, I'll have my extra ammunition, I'll have my headlamp. So if I have to drop my backpack and go off and my rangefinder, go off after an animal, I have what I need to finish the hunt, to get home with my headlight, to clean the animal with my knife. I have everything I need with me. So in Alaska, though, because I'm going to be wearing a backpack so many times with a belt around me, I can't use that normal system that I like to do. And so I picked this up because I can have everything I need, just like on my hunting belt in this backpack or in this binocular case mounted in front of me. It's actually comfortable to wear with your backpack on the straps that come over your shoulder are totally flat and they're wide. So they disperse the weight that you don't chafe with it. It holds your full size set of binoculars and I'm using the vortex, um, 12 power, 12 by fifties. So Vortex Viper 12 by 50s, where's that? There you go. This is what I'm using uh, for my binocular. I'm not bringing a spotting scope. I'm not bringing a spotting scope for purely for weight purposes. The guide will have a spotting scope. It's the guide's going to have to make the call on the age of a sheep if it's legal or not. So he's going to have to have that. Um, I will use my binoculars extensively to help find sheep, but as far as grading them, we have that plus my rifle scope's got 25 power on it. So if I really want to look, I'm going to look um, my ammunition. So I carry an ammunition case. This is, this is typically the one that I carry on my belt. And so this is, this is a case that'll hold up to 10 rounds or so. And I'm going to have that inside my binocular case. So again, it's always with me. Uh, the round I'm shooting this time is at 270 Ackley improved. Yes, it's a bit of a wild catch. You've never heard of it. You can't buy it at the store, but 
I've been a 270 fan all my life. This just adds add some extra performance to it. The bullets look really cool. Matter of fact, we'll see a bullet here. I'm shooting the 150 grain laser. That's the cutting edge, all copper monolith bullet, the 150 grain laser. And, uh, uh, the laser has the black tip on it. It has this black polymer tip. It's a super high BC about 620 and it's going 300 3,000 200 feet a second, roughly. Now I know those numbers bug people, Melanie, sorry, more numbers, but Hey, some people like it. So for those of you who understand what I'm talking about, there's your numbers. Those of you who don't just say, yeah, he's at it again. All right. So what about a knife? Well, um, civilware is makes an absolutely fantastic knife. So in this, again, in my binocular pack, um, I've got a knife now, I usually carry their their little larger knife, which is a solid fixed knife. But because of weight consciousness, uh, I'm going with the replaceable blade. So this is these are the scariest knives I've ever seen. These have replaceable um, razor blades in them, and they are well, they're they're like a scalpel. They are unbelievable. They're super light. The blade's replaceable if it breaks, which sometimes they do, you'll need to bring extras. So I actually am bringing several extra blades, which again, almost weigh nothing. But um, using a knife like this in the past on an elk, I did notice that sometimes the blade will twist. A couple blades actually snapped. So bring some replacement blades. As long as you're gentle with these things, they'll do unbelievable work for you. But um, you do need to have a backup blade or two. So I brought three. That, again, fits in the chest pack. Uh, I'm not bringing my cell phone. Uh, The reason that I'm not bringing my cell phone for cameras or for video uh, is because of the charging capability. I'm going out to 10 days, possibly 10 days. Well, I don't want to have to bring those big, heavy battery packs to recharge or a solar array to lay out, and hopefully there'll be some sun that day and not overclassed and rainy, to try and charge my battery. I want something that I can absolutely make sure works and is going to be... um, going to be pretty much foolproof, which is what I need. So I'm going back to one of my old cameras. So I've got a, a little cam Canon. I think this thing's got, I don't know, 16 pixels or I don't know, 16,000. It's huge. This thing's got like a 40 power zoom on it when it goes to optical and uh, it does video. It has a microphone on it. Not the greatest, but for the weight size, which is smaller and lighter than my cell phone. And the fact that it'll be charged the entire time and that on one card, I can get five hours of video. So if I bring two cards, I mean, that's, that's 10 hours of video. That's, that's pretty boring. If once you get to that level, uh, earplugs, earplugs for the shot. All right. I'm going to have these with me in my pack. So when we decide to go on a shoot, I'm going to put the plugs in because when you're shooting a high powered rifle that has a break on it, you absolutely want your ear protection. This is my my little Bible book. This is the range book for my rifle, for my load. It's different elevations. So I have this. I carry it with me as a hard copy all the time. If you've ever gone shooting with me, you've seen me pull this thing out. This is my verified dope from the field. From a whole year of shooting, all my shots are in here. So I know if a shot is extended range, something that I normally wouldn't shoot, but it's my only chance I have, I know where I should be. Not because the computer said so, because I've shot it and that's what the real world dope is. So that's a very, very important thing on that is to have your real, real world dope. On the left side pack, I have a headlamp. Always have one of these on you. You know, um, mag lights are great too. The mag lights don't have a headlamp, but what's important about carrying a mag light is that they can throw a beam. So 
You have to cross a stream. You have to cross a canyon. Not sure what it looks like. The mag light will get you two, 300 yards worth of visibility. Your headlamp doesn't. It just doesn't have that kind of power. So headlamp's good for, for safety, for hiking down out of the hill. The mag light's good for finding the way. And uh, we'll talk about the rangefinder when we come back here. Wow, we got a lot of, I got a lot of junk we haven't even talked about yet. So it's uh, pretty important stuff. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at gab.com forward slash firing line radio. And uh, check out this video. Let me know what you think. Have a great day. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Mulan Lave Saturday, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Get our podcast at firinglineradio.com. Check out our videos, the audios at firinglineradio.com, but the whole thing, the video... Everything I'm doing today is at gab.com forward slash firing line radio. So forward slash firing line radio plus that's where my giveaways are. You know, Arkin's giving us a scope to give away. How do you get it? You have to go to the gab site. I'm not giving away anything on Facebook anymore. Facebook's been fired. They've zucked with us once too often. So uh, we're moving everything over to gab. You have to go over there and uh, check out the Arkin scope. I have a couple of posts on it. Just start following us at gab. I will pick a random person to win that when I feel like it. All right. So the next thing talking about hunting, um, I have the SIG Kilo 2400. This is an amazing piece of equipment. This has all of, has the ability to dial in your exact load. So when you push the button, it'll tell you each shooting solution for that, that don't leave home without it. If you're planning on shooting anything over, if you, if you want to have the possibility of shooting anything over an extended range, you know, not that you're going to, but man, if you have to, that's going to be a game changer and a lifesaver. So that's an important thing there. Okay. So that's, that's all I have. All that crud. This is what you call this the crap show because we're talking all the crap I'm going to be carrying around. Um, that's all in my chest uh, binocular case. That's uh, the Alaska guide. It, it's an awesome little pack, but that's all there. Let's talk about food. So food, you have to bring all your food in there. There is no living off the land up there. Um, the streams are so steep and so rocky, there's not fish in them. I mean, you could hit a ptarmigan with a rock if you run into one, but who wants to eat a smashed ptarmigan? So you're going to be bringing your own food. So that uh, on the food system, um, basically it's dehydrated. If you're going for a day or two, you know, you can bring the extra foods. If you're going for extended out to 10 days, you really can't. You think about trail mix. People will always say, hey, it's gorp. You know, you bring your peanuts and your raisins and whatever else. That stuff's heavy. 
Imagine how much you would have to bring for a 10 day hunt, right? And then if you're out in four days, you're just brought around for nothing, but you'd have a giant bag of this stuff. So when it comes to food, you want to find calorie dense, it may not be the most fun thing to eat, but it's a fuel source. You're eating for fuel to move on. So everything's going to be dehydrated. I have an MSR stove, really small little a whisper light stove. I'll be carrying a stove in addition to the guide. Um, I was asking about that. And he said, yeah, I should bring my own in case you, in case you get wet, in case you have to warm things up. You know, it's better to have two stoves than just one. So I will, they're pretty small. They're very, very lightweight, but I will be bringing my own stove and my own cook kit just for that particular reason. And again, that's not that heavy. And it made sense when the, when the mom was telling me why I would want to do that. The other thing is on the road. So you're hiking, you know, you're talking about extended days of hiking time and time again, your body's a magnificent thing. Every morning you end up with about 2000 calories worth of, uh, worth of fuel in your muscles and your liver. You have about 2000. When you burn that out is when you hit the wall and you have to start eating or eating before that, before you hit the wall. If you've ever done endurance sports, you know, hard, hard, hard exercise after two year, two hours, you're totally done. Um, you know, you're jogging a 10 minute mile after four hours, you're totally done. That's why people hit the wall in the marathons, right? At those particular breaks, not so much the time, but the calorie expenditure breaks. So you have to start adding things to it. Um, and when I, in my triathlon practice, what I found worked really well for me was a high sugar Something that's super easy to digest, high sugar. Cliff bars, forget about it. You might as well be eating a bale of hay. Uh, too hard to digest. They can cause you distress. They suck up water and they taste like a bale of hay. So I actually go to pure sugar. Now, it's not great for you, but it helps you get through that, that rush. One of the things I use, um, lemon drops. So why do I use lemon drops? I put them in small little Ziploc bags. And as you're hiking, you know, you're drinking your water. It just adds enough calories in there to keep you going. The other thing, and these are the bomb. You know, here I am doing a, this is like crack cocaine to Hunter Biden. These are lifesaver gummies. They are absolute sugar. Um, they're terrible for you. But if you're burning 4,000 calories a day, they get you through that hurdle. So again, this is not what you should be eating watching this video. This is what you should be eating when you're two and a half hours into a hike and you need to, you need to maintain your energy level. These things get you up and over. So a small little five or six of those at a time, every 20, 30 minutes will maintain your high, your high sugar in your bloodstream for use. Again, this is dangerous. If you're sitting at home, it's, it's fueling the race car if you're out there in the field. So those are some important things. The other thing is you're going to be sweating a lot, sweating a lot, even though it's not warm, you're going to be losing a lot of moisture. So respiration. So you have to drink all the time. One of the things, if you're drinking water all the time and sweating a lot is you are blowing out your minerals. So I'm using the salt sticks. And again, these were all things I, I learned when I was doing triathlons. These are chewable. These are the pill form. So these will be in Ziploc baggies in my pack too, just to maintain that you don't cramp up because man, you lay in a tent at night, you had a hard day and all of a sudden your calf goes and you scream like a baby. Not that that's ever happened to me, but I screamed like a baby because it hurts like hell and it comes out of nowhere and it's almost impossible to get rid of by yourself. So that, that's an important thing. You have to take care of your body because that's, what's going to get you up the next hill and down the next Canyon. Okay. Now, that's the food sources, um, my hunting 
part of my con- contraption here. Let's talk about the, the pack itself. I'm using a Eberly stock, just one pack. Um, and I don't love it. Okay. Full disclosure here. I thought this would be the be all end all and it's not, but it's going to, I have to use it to get through this. The reason I got this was it had extended load capacity and it allowed me to carry the rifle in my backpack. Hiking on this kind of terrain, you need to have your hands free. You can't be carrying your rifle or you're going to trip, you're going to drop it. You do need to use what are called trekking poles. Now, I've been using trekking poles for a while. I really enjoy using them. And the reason I enjoy using them is it helps keep your posture up while you're hiking. You're not bent over with your load on. It helps keep your posture up. It helps you break a little bit on a downhill section. Uh, When your feet slip, it helps you support so you don't hit the ground. So these trekking poles, which were, you know, Costco specials, um, this is what I've got. They're great. I've used them so much. The tips are worn out. There's little metal showing on them. Big deal. So these trekking poles are important when you're carrying your gear because it's heavy and you don't want to slip. And with my rifle in my in the backpack, it allows me to use the trekking poles as I need to uh, for, for all the different hikes that I've been doing. So I appreciate that portion. But that's why I got the Eberly stock uh, pack. And I got the just one. The other reason I got it was it was supposed to be expandable. And it is. It's, it's expandable. But their rain cover doesn't cover it. And that irritates me because this is an Alaska pack. And when your rifle is in the back and they sell you a rain cover and it's their extra large, they say, this is what you need for the pack. And it doesn't cover the entire pack. And it doesn't fit if you put the extended cargo space on. Not my friend. So, um, yeah, a little irritated about that. I had to get a poncho something that would cover it because Alaska, it does rain. Unlike Southern California, it does rain. So here's what the pack looks like. Those of you playing along at home, I'm holding this giant brown thing in my lap. So much fun. So anyway, the, the rifle fits in the top, right, on the, on, right, or right against your back. The rifle goes in here vertically. They like you to carry it tipped down. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that yet, but that's where the rifle goes. As far as the uh, microphone over here, as far as the back is concerned, it's got enough room, but I just don't feel like it's going to be waterproof enough. And that, again, that concerns me that their pack doesn't work with that. So uh, sorry, folks, for the rustling sounds, but this has an extended portion that zips off and zips on. So I can take that off and carry the rest of the backpack as a day pack. That's why they call it a just one. It's supposed to be very modular, just not super waterproof. And again, you find all this stuff out after you buy it. So let me fix that. Anyway, so this comes off. And And then you have uh, several compartments that, that come off of this that allow you to to move things around. Now, why that's important is when you get onto your final plane in Alaska, you can't bring your backpack as it is. It's just it's too big. It's too bulky. So they actually ask you to either bring some extra bags, uh, bring extra bags or bring some uh, waterproof, waterproof bags. So this back portion, again, if you're playing along at home here on the video, this is the, the extra portion. Now I'm also going to need this for carrying out the meat because 
in Alaska, you have to carry everything out. You can't leave any meat there, which is great. I like that rule. It's just, you have to do it now. So you need to have game bags and you need to have a way to do it. You need to realize you're going to be carrying more weight coming out if you're successful than going in. And the weight is a very, very critical thing. We'll talk about that when we come back here. Folks, fill up name and go to gab.com forward slash firingland radio if you want to see what I'm talking about. Otherwise, you know, just put a couple socks in your hands and place your aids. It's basically the same thing. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks. Philip Damon, Firing Line Radio Show. As you keep hearing me say, go to gab.com forward slash firing line radio and see the podcast, see the visual, uh, because this is a show and tell show, and uh, it's kind of hard to just tell if you don't have any show. Um, Alaska. We're talking about the Alaska hunt, gearing up for this. Rain. You have to plan for rain all the time. So in on this outside pack that I had uh, that, that goes on this Eberly stock pack that I'm not real happy with, inside is my rain gear. So I've got my jacket. I've got my rain pants. I have the poncho. And I have these things called wiggies. That's right. I'm getting wiggy with it. A wiggy is an over-the-boot wader that weighs about four ounces. It's a pretty amazing thing because, you know, unlike Southern California, Alaska has a lot of water. You do a lot of creek crossings, river crossings, going back and forth across these drainages to chase these sheep. And so in just a few seconds, you can pull this thing out of your pack, put it over your boot, uh, clip it onto your belt and, you know, wade across a couple foot deep stream and uh, not have to put giant waders on, not have to get naked in the cold water. 
stay dry and staying dry up there is really the key. So that's all my rain gear and um, my big heavy jacket. It's all in this exterior pack. And the reason I put the rain gear on the exterior pack is because they don't have a rain cover. So I thought, well, if something's going to get wet, let's let it be the outside of my rain gear inside the pack. That's, that's my theory. Anyway, uh, going through the rest of the pack, I have, Oh, one other thing that's, that's super important to carry on any kind of a hunt, especially if you're going to be long away from the car is a rifle repair kit. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I carry a, and this is from, this is from learning the hard way. I carry a collapsible cleaning rod, not because I ever want to clean my guns, because those of you who know me know that that's not me, but you can have a, an issue for whatever reason, neck tension can be wrong on a particular cartridge. And maybe you chamber something and you don't fire it. You unchamber it and the bullet gets stuck in the lands. Your hunt's over. Okay. So this weighs about three and a half ounces. It's an aluminum. I keep it in a Ziploc baggie in the back, the back pocket of my binoculars case. So again, it's always with me. If I have an issue in a few seconds, I can get that gun working again. It's not going to be a game changer where you have to hike out 15 miles uh, and hope somebody has an extra gun for you because you screwed up or had a malfunction. And it's always our fault. So if you screwed up. So that's a very important piece of equipment that weighs nothing, but could be worth $50,000 if you need it, because that's what you'd pay to get it. If your rifle's not working. Um, let's talk about the rifle itself then, since we're on our last session here. This is the fourth iteration of this rifle. Uh, when I say fourth iteration, I'm talking about this particular rifle I bought on my 18th birthday at Buckhorn Guns in Glendora. I bought it on my 18th birthday because my parents wouldn't let me have a firearm, and that's the earliest I could buy it. And what better way of teenage rebellion than to go hunting? Anyway, so I bought this Winchester Model 70 for $269.95, so for $270 bucks back in uh, 1981. Anyway, so I bought this sucker. And it had a 22 inch barrel and a walnut stock. And so I shot that barrel out. I put a 26 inch Douglas air gauge. I shot that out. I had it rechambered to 270 Ackley. I shot that out. And now here we are on our fourth barrel. This is a proof research, 24 inch, one and 8.4 twist barrel. It's beautiful. All right. I replaced the walnut stock with a Macmillan uh, game warden with adjustable cheek piece. You've heard me talk about the adjustable cheek pieces before. If you're shooting a um, high powered rifle with a modern scope, most of the time you're going to need that. So the scopes are bigger, their tubes are bigger, their objective bells are bigger. They're, it's a very important that your, your eye is in the right place behind it. And an adjustable cheek piece, whether built into the gun like this one or bolted on like a Matthews is very, very important. So uh, Jim Gruning at Gruning Precision put this back together for me. He's put the barrel on and chambered it. The gun shoots like a dream. Um, it's, it's my old friend. You know, I've, I've gone hunting with this thing for so many years. It's just, it's got a facelift. So um, pretty excited about it. The optics, as you heard me say before, I'm shooting the Vortex uh, PST2 5x25 
second focal plane. Um, that's what I use for my hunting rigs. I like the second focal plane for hunting purposes. Uh, yes, you have to be careful if you're using it to measure, but that's a whole nother show. So this is the rifle we're going to be using. I do have a Harris bipod. I'm using the Harris bipod over the Accutech bipod simply for weight. The Accutech bipod is a bomb. That thing is solid, but it's heavy. And so in order to get the versatility, you know, if I'm shooting a regular hunt, uh, not a big deal. This one, I need to, I need to shave weight everywhere I can, because if you're, I'm old, all right, that that's basically it. I'm, I am not 30 years old anymore. So I am old. I am cheating. I am taking every ounce of weight off. I can, because that's an important thing for me. So I'm using the Harris bipod and I'm using a, um, one of my older slings that I actually bought years and years and years ago, because my, um, us tactical sling is heavy. It's the thing weighs a pound and a half, you know, so I'm using a different sling and most of the time this gun will be in the back of my backpack anyway. So that's what we've got going on. You know, I thought I could turn my phone off. What a, what a rookie. All right. So that's the rifle that we're using. One other piece of equipment that I think is, is critical and I use them all the time are these lightweight hunting gloves. Now these are actually in those of you from the cycling world would know Pearl Izumi, uh, they make biking stuff. Well, people in, in ultra cycling, people in ultra running, these guys have been on top of this gear for years. So these are full fingered gloves. They're actually mountain biker gloves, but what's great about them is they, they don't, they give your hands protection, a little bit of warmth, but they're not so much that your hands are going to sweat all the time, unless you're wearing them out here in Southern California. But you slip, you put your hand down on a sharp rock, it's going to keep you from getting cut. Uh, in Colorado, it keeps you from getting those little stupid button cactuses with those little fine brown hairs shoved into your fingers all the time every time you put your hand on the ground. So, uh, Or pine tar. That's another terrible one. Oops, heard a pop on the phone here. Or pine tar. So... You know, you, you touch a pine tree, you got that nasty gunk all over your hands. It never, ever goes away, right? You're driving home, it's on your steering wheel. These little gloves, man, they make all the difference in the world. Plus, they have very uh, thin fingertips. They actually have a, a fingertip you can use to work a phone with. So you actually get good trigger feel if you're shooting with them on. So I, I highly recommend those also. Let me see where are we at here. Um, gators. We need to have gators because of the, the amount of water that you're dealing with out there. You don't really need gators except for foxtails out here in Southern California. Um, oh, underwear. The number one takeaway I had besides the boots from Catalina, I'm using the Kuyu, their Merino wool. Unbelievable. So I was sweating like an absolute pig because it's uh, on Catalina. On one side is marine layer and the other side is 100 degrees. So you're humid and hot. And uh, just the sweat was pouring off of me on that entire trip. But the merino wool, their t-shirt and their underwear kept me comfortable. There was no chafing. And I'm sorry, you know, this is not going to be on the visual, but there was no chafing. Um, didn't have any issues with that. And typically you would with, with normal undergarments. So the Kuyu Merino wool, unbelievable stuff. Uh, I can't, can't say enough about their under stuff. So I'm bringing that with me. Uh, I'm using the Kuyu rain gear. I'm using the Kuyu pants and shirts and a couple of jackets. And the one thing is you have to go so light. So everything has to be double duty. So I've got my under layers. 
I have a down pant and a down jacket. Now that's for when you stop you um, and you're glassing, you know, all of a sudden you're sweating. You need something to go over the top of you so you don't just sit there and freeze because the wind blows in Alaska. It gets wet. So those down things work. Also, if you get cold at night, you have that availability to put those on. Rain pants over the top. Keep those safe. And so you, you carry one pair of pants, one rain pants, the down stuff, uh, T-shirt, hoodie, jacket. That's it. You know, there's not three pairs of pants. You know, I'm bringing extra undergarments, but there's not three pairs of pants, three shirts, three this, three that. Everything's going to get double duty, and uh, it's all going to stink at the end. The other thing with the merino wool, if you've ever worn, I'm sure you have, you know, performance garments that have the polyester in them, they're great for when you're working out. But, man, you know, if you don't get those to the wash machine that day, the next day, you see them, you watch them crawling up a wall trying to get away from there. It's horrible. The bacteria growth on those is terrible. Merino wool, not at all. So again, kuyu.com, a big shout out to them. They've got some amazing products for this kind of extreme stuff. It's not cheap, but man, that is worth it. So check that out. All right, folks, I'm going to uh, wrap this up here. I think I got to most of my junk. So this was the, uh, the junk show with Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Go to gab.com forward slash Firing Line Radio. We're giving away the Arkenscope stuff. We give away a lot of stuff. You got to go there to find out, though, and I'm tired of saying it, so just go there. We'll see you there. God bless. Have a great weekend. See you soon. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too. So buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer.